Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. So I am so excited today. This is actually a first on Limitless Leader Live because we had such an impactful conversation last time that we're coming in for part two, and a lot has changed since last time. So I'm very excited for this conversation with Kayleen Sanchez, who is who is VP of Global TSS Service Planning and Premium Support for IBM. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me again. I am so excited, um, not just because of the amazing conversation we had the first time, but the world has changed in the last few weeks and couple months since we have spoken. And I think your subject matter is gonna be even more important now than ever. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It's always wonderful to be here and to have a wonderful conversation with you. Yeah, thanks so much. So so let's just go ahead and jump in. Now, if you can just, just for anyone who didn't see part one of the interview, there is a part that was so important that I don't want to skip over. So if you don't mind repeating, maybe giving us a abbreviated version, but an important version of what really inspires you to greatness? Where did you start out and how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, I would say the foundation of that is um, something as simple as having a voice and expressing that voice. And one of my biggest concerns, and I would say it's something I had to work through, is being okay with um, ensuring that others um, respected that voice and also were okay with my orthogonal thinking because I really appreciate diversity of thought because I really believe that's what makes the world go round similar to when my professor father said I should study more and more mathematics so I would say that fundamentally the overall aspect of my career and the key differentiator is the fact that I have very interesting thoughts about technology and being open to new types of thinking. Great. And then, you know, a lot of times when we see female, ambitious, heart-centered female leaders such as yourselves who have achieved the level of success that you've achieved, we assume that you were maybe born into the world as a VP at IBM. So, and a lot of times people lose sight of the fact that there's detours and bumps along the way. So can you share a story if you don't mind me making you a little bit uncomfortable if, and sharing a story of where maybe you got derailed a little bit and how did you recover? Yeah, so um, I, I do have one story and it is quite uncomfortable. So forgive me if my voice cracks at all. Um, so I was a newly appointed um, leader within IBM. I was sent to the East Coast to present on a deep technical situation uh, that impacted an end user, a customer. And so I won't specifically say who that customer was, but it was interesting because I entered the boardroom and let's just say the audience was quite surprised about um and they made comment about my age as well as my gender and it was at the point in time where i was still setting up my laptop to actually present something on powerpoint um and during that time i started thinking okay look 
Colleen, you were born um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. This entire boardroom already thinks you're somewhat rock bottom. So I don't know, take a chance. Uh, you could actually just go up from here. And so it was like a quick realization that um, they already somewhat discounted me where they even made comments like, oh, so IBM sending us a 15 year old. And by the way, I love the fact that they guessed so very young. That was like mm -hmm. beautiful to me. But at the same time, I realized that, hey, I've got to figure out how to get my mindset um, in a focused way so that I win the audience. So they see me as a valuable expert coming into the situation to enable the end-to-end -end recovery. So that was tough for me, but at the same time, I realized that I'm not gonna stay rock bottom. I'm gonna go up from here. And yeah. they, they really don't know who Colleen is. I paved that path for them. And that's in the end what I did. And many of those um, individuals are still great, great partners today. They're actually friends who probably have just texted me because I saw my phone light up. Yeah, so that's fantastic. And I just want to point out for anyone listening that that is really a trait of a world-class performer. Maybe even before you considered yourself one, because the difference, you know, everybody feels anger, fear, doubt, frustration, even the Olympians that are performing right now, there's always comparing, there's always doubt. Do I deserve to be here? How is it going to turn out? And that type of thing. And but the difference between world-class performers, the one thing that I really want to highlight that you did and that you did very well is to decide. You get to decide. And I think last time we had a conversation around the word decide, it means actually death of like death of any other option. So this meeting is gonna happen. I'm gonna focus on what I have control over and there's nowhere but up from here. Because you could have very well decided something else. You could have gotten in your head. It could have gotten away from you. And at the end of the day, it could have really derailed your best performance, which at the end of the day, that's all you do have control over. So um, I don't love the story that it was uncomfortable, but I love the story for how you you know, recovered and that really at the end of the day, what is really helps dreams and come true and legacies to be made. So, um, so anyways, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate your transparency. And so I wanna pivot a little bit if you don't mind and talking uh, and piggybacking on the last comment on legacy because we talked a little bit about before we went live is that, you know, there's a lot of places where you can learn about leadership from very smart people. And there's a lot of places to learn about influence. And, um, but one thing that a lot of people in a lot of places, at least in my work with, you know, C-level um, female leaders across the country, is that we don't connect into our legacy. In other words, our thinking is sometimes a little backwards. We might be thinking either if we're a leader and let's, let's say we're an emerging leader, we're a manager, we wanna get to director. Maybe we're a director, we wanna get to VP or maybe VP and higher, or maybe we're on the C staff that we wanna have a board seat. There's always the next level, you know? And a lot of times how we think about it is, I'm here, I wanna get over there. But it seems very difficult or it's, and that can be frustrating. 
But if we flip it and think about, well, let's set up our legacy. How do we want it to turn out? How do we want to be remembered? And why, how do we make ourselves matter? So when we exit our role, how do we want to feel then? What have we accomplished? What lives have we touched? How is How are my colleagues and the world and also my clients different because of me? And then work backwards from there. So you've, um, we've talked a little bit about the limitless live, the limitless leader live digital curriculum, and a little bit about the importance of doing this high level aspirational clarity work before getting into the nuts and bolts of let's figure out a strategic plan and set goals and do all of those things. So can you shine a little light on your thoughts on the importance of thinking of a legacy plan and it might be a legacy plan not for your entire working career but it could be for a meeting so in other words i'm going into this high level this important meeting how do i want to be remembered when it's over how do i want to feel how do i want to leave everyone else or it could be in your current role so you can take whatever level or whatever time period you see fit but how important do you think that this high level aspirational work is yeah, so um, based on some of the reading and the videos I've watched, uh, based on what you offer, Cheryl, it's like really being grounded in your authentic self. And so I feel like it's two components. The first is, I know I said earlier to have a voice, but also um, I want people to perceive in meetings and also within my ecosystem that I am open to new thinking. I'm open to diversity of thought and these ideas that may come from like really odd, um, interesting spaces. And so I just want to be perceived with my authentic self, like, hey, Colleen is totally open. She she really enables open this idea of like open source, open thinking for the benefit of the collective. So that's the first. And then the second based on the legacy aspect is um, I always consistently want to remain relevant. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm somewhat paranoid for myself to be, and forgive me, I have like, it's like a little prop, a disguise, right? Um, You're dating, be, dating yourself. Oh, yeah, it's a little disguise that are here. This is like computer science 318, and I can only imagine how many lines of code I will never see again. Yeah. So what, what's interesting about that is I always feel that it's important to consistently learn. And the paranoia stems from the fact that I don't want to be obsolete. I don't want to be obsolete like a diskette. I, I actually want to be relevant. And the only way to maintain this idea of relevance is to consistently learn, be open to new ideas, pivot, uh, like being in this constant state of flux or change as much as I, of course, like anyone like this idea of no change because of comfort. I just don't feel that I ever want to live in that, that place of comfort only because what turns things in my stomach are when I'm learning new things and when I'm being open to some new ideas that people are bringing to the table that I've never heard before. So 
that's the other component is just making sure that I'm relevant, I'm open, and I do not suffer from this idea of paranoia based on skill. And, and look, for those who are out there, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying with growing skills, expertise, and all that. I'm more just saying that it's important to learn and to continuously learn. And that is like a life goal. And I, I want my 10-year-old daughter to think, oh, my mom has always been open to learning and listening to me. And that's kind of what it means to be my authentic self. Hopefully that answers some of your questions, Cheryl. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate your transparency. And I want to point out, I mean, it is very courageous to say something like, well, I'm a little paranoid. Because at the end of the day, um, that honesty with ourselves is really important. And that's another trait, because I think you're racking up the traits of the world-class performers as we're speaking. But that's another trait is that, first of all, before I talk about the necessary trait, emotions demand to be acknowledged and concerns and worries demand to be acknowledged. So having the bravery to say, I have a tendency to be paranoid. I mean, that's the raising our awareness is the first step to being a world-class performer because we need to look it in the face. And so you can actually use that as a superpower rather than having it debilitate you. And so what I want everyone to really pay attention to is just to be honest with yourself. What are you worried about? What are you doubtful about? What makes you feel like you're an imposter? What keeps you up at night and what have you? And look it in the face, you know, and say, if that thing were going to talk to me and say, you know, Kayleen, I know you're paranoid about this, but if you don't want to be, you should do that. And that's something that I teach that you're inherently doing. And so I just really want to highlight that because one of the main differences, if I can generalize between female and male leaders is that sometimes men just go for it, which is great. Sometimes it's reckless, sometimes it's great, but it's just different. And women have to check so many boxes, you know, or like the, if they, uh, for brilliant ideas, they have to be buttoned up and airtight and what have you. And so, I just, I really appreciate and admire your ability to really lean in, not necessarily the Sheryl Sandberg sense of lean in, but just the actual little literal meaning of lean in to what some of your tendencies are and learn from them and allow them to propel you as a leader. And so um, I don't mean to really spend that much time on that, but I want anyone listening to understand that no matter what level of a leader you are, there's fear and doubt and, and emotions that go along with doing something new or accessing the next level and just really facing them like Colleen did is really important. And so I would like to know if now, you know, that you're um, a really successful and influential VP at IBM, what, how would you coach your younger self so in other words, to do something newer or different or to be bolder quicker, or if you were to sit down with your 25 year old self, um, what would you tell her today? So it, it goes back to what I had mentioned before. Um, 
at the beginning of my career, I was, I was very, um, I'll, I'll just summarize it this way, as a wallflower. I was one of those um, software engineers or engineers that walked in and sat in the side of the room, never at the table. And I never really, really, um, I felt like I could have been coached to say, hey, you should be confident. You have some really good ideas. I always felt insecure that it wasn't possible. Though um, I would say that someone who made it happen for me was actually um, a male uh, manager who had hired me um, at the time into IBM from Sunday National Labs. And they were, they were like, Colleen, what do you think about this? Like they would always go out of their way to make sure that little meek person in the corner would speak up. You know, it's like, and at first it was really, really tough for me to do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's talking to me. Um, what do I do? I can't just say nothing. And I started to actually start um, preparing my script and rehearsing because most likely he was going to say, hey, Colleen, what do you think about this based on what we're thinking from an AI perspective or removing bias and things like that. And so I, I rehearsed over and over again in order to find my voice. And if I had a moment with my younger self to coach, it would be like, do you really think you needed that much rehearsal? Um, it would have saved you a lot of time. Just speak from your heart, be yourself, and guess what? It will come. Maybe some of your ideas won't be as respected as, the, as others, but it's like important that you just feel comfort in your own personal voice and your ideas and you're eager to share. So that to me was like um, compelling because without this person, I would have still remain in the side of that corner office or even online on a Zoom or WebEx call, never being the one who spoke up. But that individual gave me the path to have a voice. And then I work to repeat and have that voice over and over again. Yeah, so thanks for sharing that. And then for, for everyone watching, I would really like to invite or put on my coaching hat and challenge you to think about who do you not just need to support when they come up with an idea, but who can you pull up and who can you challenge just like Killeen was challenged? and really say, what do you think? Who can you pull into a high level meeting that maybe wouldn't necessarily be invited? And then ask them in that meeting, what do you think? And maybe give them a little heads up that you might ask them so they're not like really shocked, but just who can you really do that? And then also ask yourself, where can I be speaking up more? Where can I be more authentic? Where, when, when I have something in my gut, in my heart, where can I be more courageous and more bold and speak up? So thank you so much for bringing that up because at the end of the day, um, we have a lot of work to do when it comes for, when it comes to equity inclusion in the workplace. And I also, you know, we can't control others, you know, and so while we're on that path to people getting educated and improving, I think we all have work to do on ourselves. And I think you're really sharing some gold nuggets of wisdom that we can all work on. So thanks for bringing those up.
And then finally, what is a takeaway that you want to leave everyone with? So if they're just coming in at the end of this interview and you're like, oh, you may not have heard the rest of the interview, but if anything else, be sure to remember this and take action on it. Yeah, so I would, because this is like top of mind for me right now, so forgive me, it's like a moment of free therapy, so to speak, yeah. is I've been thinking a lot about digital Darwinism, where it's like this idea that technology or society, the things on our handheld devices are moving faster than the organizations or the communities around us that intend to serve us as a collective unit. So digital Darwinism constantly reminds me, it's like, wow, you've got to learn faster. Hey, Colleen, have you learned enough, just enough about like cloud microservices? Or like, and I, I constantly am in this battle where every, every evening I do this little moment in time. It's somewhat of a meditation where I breathe and I think, and that's what's really nice, and think about what things do I want to learn um, enough about next. So I would say that in order to live in this really interesting world we find ourselves in right now, and with all this pervasive technology around us, um, well, we want to make sure that we are our better selves. And the way I believe personally, and this is just Colleen's opinion of my better self is constantly learning. So that's just something that I wanted to highlight. Um, Cheryl is this idea of being um, a continuous learner. I know it sounds like cliche, but it's like, I don't know. I, I can't escape that um, deep down back in my head, like paranoia of mm -hmm. the fact that I continuously need to know just enough about many different things and, you know, or whatever it is based on your industry, et cetera. So that's something that I consistently am thinking about right now is this idea or concept of digital Darwinism because I want to remain relevant, relevant based on my skills. Yeah, and thanks so much for bringing that up because um, it's funny that you bring that up because this is what I read on the plane when I came back as Lynchpin. You can see it's beat up, the cover's falling off. It's the third time I've read it, but it's really all about being relevant. So stay tuned, I will send you a copy of that. But it's all about being relevant and what's important to you. Like for you, it's digital Darwinism. It's being very relevant in the digital world and trying to stay ahead of it so you can best serve IBM and best serve, you know, your customers. You know, for me, it might be how to be extremely relevant to be the guide to help female leaders unlock the best version of themselves. Because quite honestly, I think, you know, this big course correction that we need right now, um, women's voices need to be heard now more than ever. And so based on what you were saying, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the challenge or invitation is asking yourself, how, how do I stay relevant? And what is important to me? And how can I take control over that? And maybe this month, and maybe you do it month by month, what's important this month that I need to learn to make myself as relevant as possible? Where can I improve? And I think we all um, 
have room for improvement. And I think if we all focus on the process and put in that work, just like you were saying, we're going to really set ourselves up for being really impactful and seeing some of the amazing success like you have seen recently, Colleen. So thanks so much for sharing that. I hope everyone takes this invitation and challenge to heart because the world really needs to hear your voice right now and um, just to speak up from your heart and your gut like Colleen was talking about. So Colleen, thank you so much for this follow-up conversation and your time. Keep inspiring and I look forward to following you. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm so excited. I was bold with this awesome weird shirt, so. Yeah, I know. You're inspiring me that I'm going to get away from the gray and white. Next interview, watch out. I'm going to have on a bold shirt like you. <laughs> All right. I look forward to following you. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.